Hello everyone, welcome to the first ever episode of Kunit Square. And we'll be getting you through some queer experiences in Malaysia that we think should have a platform to be heard. Specifically, there, um, given our identities as cis gay men, it would probably have a focus on gay experiences. But of course, if we miss out on anything, anything that you would like to tell us, you could head on over to Facebook, find our Facebook page, Kunit Squared. It's K-U-N-Y-I-T space S-Q-U-A-R-E-D because yep. it's two kunyets right here. That's why we are calling it Kunyet Squared. Exactly. And uh, just drop us a message. Just let us know what you think of this show. Anything that you wanted to let us know at all. Or if you have any suggestions of topics that you want us to talk about. Yep, definitely let us know there. Yeah. And um, so we've got our equipment here, especially... The wine. The wine, yeah, we have our wine <laughs> just to calm our nerves since it's the first show ever. Yeah. And this is actually our first uh, podcast ever as well. Exactly. Yeah, so let's just jump, jump right, right into, into it. Yeah, uh, and the topic that we've picked to talk about today is... Grinder, Of course, like, what else, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> I guess we're lucky that Glind... That, sorry, Grinder. Yeah. That's the wine, sorry. Ah. Grinder is not blocked in Malaysia. <laughs> I know, which is odd. Like, every day I wake up in the morning and I think about them, like, okay, we still really? have Grinder here. Do you think about it? Yeah, I do. Even though I don't go on that app that often, but uh-huh. I do think about it because it's very odd. Like, you know, like... It, like because it's the country that we live in, and um, yeah, yeah, I just find it odd that we have that here. But I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful. Exactly. I wonder whether it's because like the authorities aren't aware of Grinder's existence, or I think they are. Maybe some of them are on it too. <laughs> you never know. But I think I'm pretty sure they are aware of it. But as long as the conservatives and the radicals are not aware of it. Yeah, I guess exactly. we can still cruise by in that, like, just literally under the radar. Yeah, <laughs> So right under their noses. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, okay, so what... Grinder. Grinder is this... Uh, I'm sure most of you guys know about Grinder. so if you don't, just look it up on Google, because that's going to take away some precious time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Grinder is a, this... It's this big entity, so you can talk about a lot of things about Grindr. So yeah. maybe we can start with the addiction to Grindr. So, Jaren, tell us, are you addicted to Grindr? I don't think I am. I think I use Grindr maybe like a couple times a week. But it, it I feel like it always depends, doesn't it? Like sometimes you want to use it more and you do use it more. And sometimes, for me, I would check it multiple times a day. Okay. But sometimes, you know, once a week. What about you? Right. Um, I have disabled the notifications from Grindr, so I check it whenever I really feel like it. So, like you said, it could be multiple times in a day, Yeah. if I'm feeling horny, or, uh-huh. or if I'm just like, okay, wait, did that guy text me back? So then I just open it maybe mm-hmm. once a week. So, <clears throat> in that sense, I don't think I'm addicted to it, but of course it depends uh, on the mood. Cause, exactly, yeah. Because I guess it's where the moon is positioned or anything. I don't know what it depends on, but sometimes you just get so horny in the, the, the whole week. So you open it a few times, whereas you could go for months without opening it sometimes. So. Yeah, yeah, I definitely relate to that. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, um, there was this survey of app usage, and it showed that 77% of users actually regret using Grindr after they've, well, after they've used it. And this is, like, com- as compared to, like, 60 over percent for Facebook and, like, 50 plus percent for... Tinder. Yeah. Well, I could assure you that I do regret using Tinder, sorry, using Grinder right after using it. Like, right after a hookup, I'm like, oh, why did I even go on that app in the first place? I feel like I regret using Grinder, like, just logging on and, like, oh, there's no one there that's, like, attractive or who deserves my attention. <laughs> right. So do you think, even though we say we are not addicted, we are in a way? So, because... Imagine if you were addicted to drugs, right? Like, you would shoot up and then you'd be like, oh, why did I do that? Yeah. I've never done it, so I'm not sure how, how it affects you if you're on drugs. But <clears throat> that's, that's how it feels with Grindr. Like, you, you sleep with someone and then you're like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Yes. But then again, you do have that same effect after masturbating. Yes, yes, that is true. So could it just be related to that release rather than the app? That's interesting. I've actually never thought about it that way because to me, Grindr has always just been an app that you go to talk to some guys, hook up and, you know, get some (laughs) release. But yeah. What do you think of people looking for relationships on Grindr? Is that viable? I think it is. I've definitely uh, had relationships um, from <laughs> from um, Grinder. That was me pouring some wine, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely gotten into relationships with people that I've met on Grinder. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's more. Okay, maybe that's for another episode. Yeah, <laughs> probably another episode, but. I think it definitely is viable because I think, well, I think this also for another episode, but I mm-hmm. think we all have, like, as gay men, I think we all have this, like, um, secret desire to want to be in a relationship, even though we're constantly on grinder and we say we just want sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's curious. That's, that's, uh, I find that curious because... I do see lots of guys who, you know, the India bio, they, they yeah. mention specifically that they are just looking for relationships, no taps. <laughs> yeah, but um, I just don't find it viable because, because Grindr just makes it so easy for you to find sex, right? So, yeah, yeah. And um, you know what happens right after sex? Like, you, if you put out on your first date or... Or, you know, just after a few, few, first few dates, right? Because then once, once uh, you, because, okay, in a traditional relationship, it goes, uh, it goes like this. You go out at dinner a few times, dinner, movie. Yep. Uh, I think they, they have, a, they have it classified in bases, first base, yeah, second, second base, third base, yeah. fourth base. So sex is usually the last. But in a gay relationship, I think I saw it in a meme once. So you have sex first. <laughs> Yes. Second, you introduce them to your friends. Yeah. Third, to your parents. Oh. No, wait. Yeah, I think it went something like that. But you start yeah. with sex. And then, only then, you go out. Sorry. You go out. And the oh, final yeah. is, you know you're serious yeah. when they get to see your friends. That's how, yeah. that's how you know you're really serious. But you start with sex. 
But I think, I don't know, like with Grindr, like, doesn't it also mean like, you know, a lot of people don't just want sex, like you would have sex, but you might hang out after, or you would just meet people that you would hang out with on Grindr. And so, like, maybe some people, it's, for them, it's not like you immediately hook up, you might, they might actually do the traditional um, go on a date thing. So I guess if two like-minded people on the app, yeah, they they have chemistry. They you know they chat and then yeah. they go out on dates. So good for them, right? Exactly. Well, I'm definitely happy for them. But uh, I've had experiences <laughs> where a recent one was um, we we hooked up and then we went oh. out to eat at Murini. Oh. and then the following date. He's a he's a hairstylist, so he cut my hair, and then we hooked up. So so we kind of like do activities together, but then it always like you know revolves around hooking up. But he is, yeah. But it's just it's just this dynamic that we have, right? It works for us. So, you know, like dating is it's 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 a messy thing sometimes, or it just gets complicated, and it's not you can't just put it in a box anymore. So. You, you you get to hang out as yeah. a friend and you still have sex. So, you know, those yeah. the lines are blurred a long time it, ago. I think it is blurred a lot, especially for us gay men. Like, I mean, like, when I talk to my straight friends, it's always very clear-cut. Like, you date, you... Right. I don't know. You get married eventually, whereas mm-hmm. for us, it's very blurred. Like like you said, like, some, some people have sex right away, some people... Don't no, some yeah. people get their hair cut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, um, but you know, like I think in Malaysia, since uh, the majority of, I guess the majority of gay people, I think it's safe to say that um, uh, gay people are Muslim, gay yeah. men. So what happens is uh, they don't see uh, an ending. Uh, they don't see a goal that they could uh, work towards when they're in a relationship. So okay. For <laughs> for much more, um, so what happens is, um, I think they are very much inclined to just have sex, uh, and not pursue a serious relationship because for them they don't think they don't believe that it would lead anywhere anywhere fruitful for them. So I think that's why in general we are actually driven towards sex more than more than relationships, but of course. Um, in the past, before Grinder, finding someone to have sex with was hard. You have to, I don't know, I think go to parks and um, yeah, public like, bathrooms. What, what happened before <laughs> Grinder? I have no idea. Like, I literally, I literally, st- um, like, I knew of this gay life and yeah. Grinder was always there. Yeah. So, I think in the future, maybe, of course, we could bring someone over. Someone just to have a discussion with us. Just let us know how life was. Yeah, someone who has first-hand experience of what it was like before. Yeah, pre grinder <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because um, during my uni time, grinder uh, yeah. was not around. Like, so, I just... My uni was horrible. I didn't, like... I did not think it was horrible back then. But thinking back, I, I think it was horrible because I did not have a boyfriend. I did not have sex. It was just, like extracurricular activities and going to classes so excuse me <laughs> i imagine um how it, it would how different it would have been if um yeah. grinder was around back then because i think universities or colleges would be like this this you know you could have orgies nowadays there i, I don't yeah. know what happens there now yeah. so like I, it I would know. be so much more difficult to actually 
find someone to hook up with. Like you would have to be like in the same class, right? Or your common interest that you go to like the same places. Exactly, and it's yeah. not like we were able to ha- in Malaysia. We were able to. Um, have this gay alliance club or something like that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So like, for for you to find your peer, your queer peer was definitely difficult. It's and all very hush hush. Right. People were not were not forthcoming with their sexuality either because because colleges and unis could be a really tough place. Like you know, you could get judged. Yeah. So you really need to form your safe yeah space first uh, amongst a safe group of friends and before you could actually come out. Yeah. So that was I did not actually, I did not come out to my classmates until after graduation. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> right, because cause you just did not meet people like you, you know, to to get the confidence. But like, did you like? Did any of your classmates turn out gay or? No, they were all straight. Yeah, because like, uh. I had like four guys in my class and twenty girls. Uh-huh. So I, one of the girls. Uh, was a lesbian, right? But, but so we two kind of we like she, you know, kind for you if you were a butch lesbian, it's it's very easy for you to be detected. So yeah, and she kind of knew, so I I, I kind of came out to her, but um, but never it was very hush hush. We never spoke about it. It was more like she would just introduce me to her girlfriend. I did not have anyone, so it was more like oh that guy is cute. That's all, you know. Right. In passing, it was not like. I was, like, crying to her about, like, gay experiences or something like that, man. I think I know, like, two queer people from my college days. We never spoke about it mm-hmm. because we were not out to each other. Mm-hmm. And we've not spoken about it since because we haven't really stayed in touch either. Uh-huh. But they're, I think they're, they're lesbians, I think. Right, right, you'd think. Yeah. <laughs> it was never confirmed. Never confirmed. Well, I've heard, you know, mm-hmm. news from other classmates, but I never right. reached out to them to confirm. Right. So, this uh, fuck buddies, right? Yeah. Like going back to yeah. just being friends, <laughs> but you still have sex with someone. Exactly. So, Grinder does have its benefits in that sense where it opens up all these doors for you. You get to make friends, you get to share experiences. If you want sex, you get sex. If you want relationships... I'm not convinced, but you are, I think. Well, I'm not, like, 100... Like, I don't think Grindr is, like, the best platform for it, but I think it is a platform where you can find someone. I mean, it's like, where else can you... Right, yeah. yeah. In Malaysia, where else? Yeah. Well, if not Grindr, I guess Tinder. Yeah. But, um, well, Tinder call me a dinosaur. Yeah, okay, that's for another episode. Yeah. But I'm not on any of these, uh, these other apps, because I think there's... Hornet, Blued, Scruff. I am on Hornet right. and another one called Jacked. Yeah, okay. But I'm, I don't check them as much right. um, as Grindr because like Grindr is where everyone is. It's like Facebook <laughs> versus MySpace or Friendster <laughs> back in the day. Right, yeah. right. So, of course, you would go to Friend. Sorry, you would go to Facebook. Exactly. Because you get to, you know, you, most of your friends are there. Yeah. Yeah, and all that. So... I get why people are grinder more than the the other apps, but um, going back to addiction, right? Because mm. I think this is something that we do wanna let people know. Yeah. That if you believe that you use grinder too much, it's not your own fault, cause your our brains are programmed that way. Cause once you realize that you once the brain gets accustomed to this is scientific data by Harvard by the way, so. 
if once your brain gets accustomed to getting immediate pleasure, yeah. So by something as simple as just few taps, few messages here and there, so your brain does get addicted to it. Your brain, literally, if you're under a lot of stress, a duress, just depression or anything that you yeah. feel you that you are feeling, your brain will immediately fall back to that as a as a way to alleviate the pain that you may be feeling. Yeah, so, it's like. You know, you go on this app and you're guaranteed to get like an orgasm. So every time you feel bad, right, go on this app. Correct. Of course, guarantee is a strong word, but that's for <laughs> that's for another day as well to talk about like issues in Grinder. Exactly. Yeah. So, but here we we brought up Grinder mainly because of this movement that happened last month called No Nut November. Aww. And Grindr was a catalyst to that mainly. I mean, in the gay community as, at least. Because um, I don't have data for this, but we can look it up. We will let you know in Facebook or in the next episode. But yeah, um, I did read uh, that read uh, usership in Grindr decreases yeah. in November. Oh. Because a lot of people are on No Not November. Oh. So I did try it. It, was, it did work out for me a little bit. Um, I was on a trip. So, of course, if you get a whole hotel room to yourself, exactly. you get to, yeah. you know, the brain, telling you about the brain, where the brain feels like, oh, you're in the safe space, you have all this, like, extra room in your bed. You have all this freedom. Yeah, you have all this freedom. No one knows you. Exactly, yeah. I'm in this foreign <laughs> land, which is still Malaysia, by the way, just across the sea. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but, so my No Not November became No anal November <laughs> so but it was still I still had this uh, willpower I guess <laughs> and um, finally it happened like very close to it like the to end, the end, end yeah. of the month so it, it's a pity but yeah I survived no not November so I'm excited for December <laughs> <laughs> so how about you did you I've, I've, how was your November? Nev- <laughs> I've never done anything like that like I've always just thought you know what if I wanted to have sex I'll do it if I don't I won't. So I've had, you know, months where I, I've gone for like, I've gone on for months without sex and then multiple times a month. So for me, it's more about just what I want, like in that month. Like, I don't think it has to be like, everyone's not having sex in November, so I'm not going to do it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I believe I'm a weak person. So campings like this really help me because there's something for me to hold on to. Because once I once I go on Grinder, I could really be on it like a couple of guys a day, and it, it it's oh, wow. it's really bad, yeah. Oh. So I, okay, of course I I practice safe sex by the way. I mean, um, I'm not on prep, so for me condom is really important. Yeah, and um, you guys too can get free condoms at PD Foundation. So it's yeah. in Sentul. Just walk in, just let them know you want free condoms, and you can take as many condoms as you want. So. This is a PSA. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Grinder, Grinder. do you have anything else to say about Grinder? Well, uh, Grinder. what else did we want to talk about Grinder? Okay, if, hypothetically, Grinder yeah. is not... Grinder and all these apps were not available in Malaysia, mm. what would you do? I think it'll have to be, like, those, like, old-fashioned way of meeting people, right? You would go into a bar make eye contact, wonder if they're gay, and then, I don't know, strike up a conversation. Ooh. I did actually meet someone, kind of, back in the day, 
um, in that way. Like we met in a in a straight bar. Uh, you. Our, <laughs> yeah, I know. No, our yeah. friends were hooking up, and therefore we were in the same group, and like there was this kind of like sexual tension, um, but nothing happened until we saw each other on Grinder, and right. that wasn't on that night. That was another. Right, right, right. Yeah. I do remember going to marketplace and hooking up, but like. Once or twice, just in bars, it's it's definitely a lot harder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I would like to go back to that. But then again, we do have that problem in in Malaysia. There aren't many gay bars oh. open at all. Like, literally, yeah, literally, really good ones have to close down because of pressure from the yeah. government. So, so you have that that problem here as well. And I think it would be a lot healthier for people to meet each other in bars rather than on apps. Don't you think so? Yeah, like face to face. Like, interactions are always better, I think, because you get to know the person, like, a lot better. That's why a lot of grinder interactions don't always turn out the way you expect them to, in my experience anyway. Right. But I, I, I think probably uh, the thing about gay bars and clubs would be another day's conversation, because I feel like that's so. there's so much to unpack there. Like... <laughs> I personally don't like going to gay bars. Oh, really? In, yeah, like I've been to... Oh, in Malaysia. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't find it particularly attractive. Like I've been to Zouk and I really like it. Mm-hmm. I've been there with friends and we were pre-drinking and... <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that yeah. story. <laughs> uh-huh. We were pre-dr- pre-drinking in the car park, by the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. <laughs> and this is a straight club in KL and I, I really had a good time just straight clubbing. Music is a lot better. Atmosphere a lot better. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I don't know. I think if there were other gay guys who had the same line of thought as me, I feel like, yeah, like what's what's stopping us from meeting right. in a straight club? <coughs> yeah, that's for another yeah. day then. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to find <laughs> just head to Zook. <laughs> he might be there pre-drinking at the car park. park. <laughs> okay, um, I think we're done with Grinder for today. And um, we would like to thank our sponsor for the day, Rack and Go. Yeah. Rack and Go um, is this service where they <laughs> give you access to their recording equipment wherever you want, whenever you want. You could either come by their studio. It's in Damansara. Just uh, we would put a link to their business on our Facebook. So if yeah. you would like to record either podcast like us right now or you want to be a, a recording artist and you just want a test run so you could practice with the equipment just go to wreckandgo.com <laughs> I think that's their URL or just head to our Facebook yeah. Kunyit Squared and uh, we will put up a link there yeah okay I guess we'll just go on to our next segment where we would just to lighten up the mood after talking about that depressing app that is called oh. Grinder. Uh, we're gonna talk about hold on, we're gonna talk about some pop culture because of course gays. As gays we do love pop culture. Yeah. So would you like to start off with 
<laughs> okay, well, okay. And let me start then. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, so I would just like to talk about Netflix because, just like Grinder, I think Netflix is just under their radar well, at the moment. Just Netflix, not Netflix and chill. Yeah, yeah, just Netflix. <laughs> you, if you, oh yeah, that is actually something that I'm trying on Grinder. I find uh, a lot of good response when I just ask guys over to Netflix watch a series. Chill? Yeah. Oh. So I would I would just go like maybe we could watch something on Netflix together and then they'd be like yeah sure so that actually works. What if your tastes are different though? Oh, yeah. You do actually have to have similar compromises. Tastes. Yeah, you, yeah. Um, you could fake, as fake as if you do like a series that they are yeah. into, or if you really genuinely both of you guys do like the same uh show or series right. that that's that's a lot better. Um, so, on Netflix right now, there is this one show called Super Drags. It's an animation. Yeah. It's an animation, um, that has these three drag queens, um, who have superpowers, and then they go around Brazil saving Brazilians. Wow. <laughs> so, so, I guess you could deduce by now that it is, it is wow. a Brazilian production. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's actually, it's actually very interesting. <laughs> because um, you know, for us to for us to see an animation that is very uh, gay centric, very uh, drag queen centric, of course I would have to credit RuPaul's Drag Race for actually paving the path. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, so Netflix is right there right now supporting this uh, this supporting the queer community with this show. Did well, you mention the name of the show? I, Super I Drags. Think, right. Mm. Yeah, it's called Super Drags. <laughs> no worries. And uh, Pablo Vitar. I'm not sure if uh, any of you guys are familiar with uh, Pablo Vitar. Pablo Vitar is this really famous, most uh, followed uh, drag queen. Sorry, most followed. Oh. The drag queen with the most amount of followers on Instagram, as well as, I think, um, listener count on Spotify. So she's, she's amazing. And uh, Pablo Vitar is the name... And she she actually voices one of the characters in the show as well. So it's actually a big phenomenon in Brazil. Wait, so how did she get so famous? Um, I think Brazilians in general are quite open. I I do love her music, and her music is really good. Uh-huh. And she was and she actually made it a mainstream. She has a song with Diplo. She has a couple wow. of songs, yeah, with some other artists as well. So so she's actually quite famous in the States. Well, she is becoming famous in the States and hopefully uh, in the rest of the world as well. I should look her up. Yeah, yeah, if you could. And, um, of course, uh, if we were to talk about a movie that recently came out, has with Bohemian Rhapsody, did you watch it? I did watch it. I watched it a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I actually really liked it. Um, it was obviously about Freddie Mercury, it's a biopic about him, but, like, I think there were criticisms about, like, there not being, like, enough um, what's that? In there wasn't enough coverage mm-hmm. of his life as a queer person, right, right. but I thought it was okay. I thought um, it covered enough. It was obviously also about his career as um, the vocalist of Queen, um, and I don't know. I I thought that you know, like a person um, being gay there's more to them than just being gay and therefore the the movie doesn't have to just cover it but you did see glimpses of um his queer identity uh obviously it was also censored due to 
our yeah, culture and our censorship <laughs> laws. So you didn't see a lot. Like the uh, there was a scene where he was coming up to um, I think it was his wife or girlfriend, long term girlfriend at the time, and it was cut quite a lot. And like him coming out was actually just implied rather than like mm-hmm. him Exclusive. stating it. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think the actual like fully uncut movie would be probably a more accurate depiction. But I thought. I thought it captured his identity really well. Um, it showed a lot of uh, nuance to his... Or different sides to his personality, which I actually found really interesting. I didn't know that about Freddie Mercury. Right, right, right. Yeah, because I don't know much about him either. And um, maybe I will, I will, you know, watch the movie online, I guess, one yeah. day. Yeah, or maybe when it's on Netflix. It. Did you just... <laughs> I will just wait for it to come on Netflix. Yeah. And um, the final segment that we have for us today before we wrap up yeah. is we do want you guys to be intellectual, <laughs> not just have sex. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could have both, you know. Yeah. So we would like to recommend uh, something, and this is this is um, part of the segment that we would like to keep Keep it keep it ongoing. Yeah, in each episode of Kunit Squared, exactly. Yeah, so we want to be able to recommend like things that we find interesting that may or may not have to do with queer identities, but just interesting things that we've um, come across um, podcasts or articles or books. Right. This for this first episode, my recommendation is a book mm-hmm. um, it's actually one that it's not new but it was the only thing that it was the first thing that came to mind when right. I thought about something to recommend right. it's a book called Geisha Adventures in the Queer East and it's written by Benjamin Law so Benjamin Law is um, he's Australian mm-hmm. um, and so Geisha was a collection of um, articles about his travels within Asia and um, traveling and meeting queer people in Asia. And the one about Malaysia was actually very interesting because he met a pastor who used to be gay and Uh has a wife and kids. And he went through like this conversion therapy thing. And he completely turned over a new leaf, so to speak. Like he, it, it went like, so this guy used to be a, a complete homo, um, used to have sex with a lot of guys, multiple times a day or a week, I can't remember. And then uh, turned over a new leaf, and then now he um, went through that conversion therapy and has a wife and kids, and he's a pastor. And it was just like, I think how the writer, how he framed it was just that it was a very interesting thing for, I think, Westerners to observe because the, here's this guy who used to be gay and Westerners think of gays as being like you know it were born this way and so it's suddenly like how does someone just turn straight right, right. out of the blue yeah interesting and, yeah and there's also you know other other countries that are covered Indonesia Myanmar couple others I don't remember right but yeah it, it's a it, it's a very interesting read okay I have to look that up do you have a copy 
I do have a copy. Nice. Okay. I did I not could bring it with me. But no worries. <laughs> yeah. Next time then. Yeah. Uh, so it's called Geisha Adventures in the Queer East by Benjamin Law. Exactly. Right. So if you want to read something, if you're looking for a new book to read, you what could... What about you? Did you have anything to recommend? Um, not this episode, perhaps the next one. Right, because so, I took up all the time. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no problem. Um, so that's all from us today. Um, for this episode, at least. We're Kunyet Squared. And once again, if you like anything that we've said today and you would like to comment, please head to our Facebook page. It's Kunyet Squared. And please subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> yes, please do. And um, that's all. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Safe sex. Bye.